Welcome to Diamond Niners Weekly. This is week nine of the 2021 season. We are live on YouTube on a Thursday night, talking all things Charlotte 49er baseball. As always, this is Nick, and I'm joined by Kevin. What's up, Niner Nation? We got Coach Woody. Hey, everybody. And producer Brad, making all this work. Hey, hey. All right, folks, we got a lot of stuff to get into tonight, and we're going to get to it. We appreciate everyone tuning in. If you're listening live on YouTube, drop us a uh, drop us a comment in the chat function. Let us know where you are and where you're listening from. We love hearing from you guys. You can also hit us up on social media. Questions and comments are always welcome, so feel free to reach out. Okay, boys, another week in the books. How's everybody feeling? All good. All good. Uh, we made it. We made it home safely, not necessarily in a timely manner, but we made it home safely. And, uh, you know, we had some some really great team bonding uh, after our FIU series. So it's all good. Yeah, we're going to give you a chance to talk about that because there's probably some good. I have a feeling there's some good stories involved in that bus ride, maybe. But I'm sure right, the, Kevin, best story, the best stories probably don't involve me being around <laughs> or present. Yeah, I, as it should be. Kevin, you got a you got a little league update for us? Yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, everybody's back from spring break. We had a couple practices and uh, at one t-ball game, um, all went well. And then we had another another ten uh, u game and got a victory. Got another victory. So, um, so you won the ten u game. The, t- the time off helped, I think, and we're rolling. Got everybody refocused, and you know. Little R and R, yeah. I'm just picturing a bunch of wild child spring breakers on your team. That's all I'm picturing. <laughs> it's well, those nine year olds are crazy. Yeah, they're crazy. Now the the T ball game, you don't keep scoring those, right? No, uh, everyone everyone gets on base and everyone bats through for an inning. Is there an unofficial score? No, it's Not- infinity. Infinity. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, based on some of the videos I've seen, that's probably about right. So awesome, awesome deal. Well, we'll keep up with that. You're doing a great job, coach. You're 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 keeping us on track here. All right, folks. Um, this was another exciting week of Charlotte 49ers baseball. The boys go down to Miami, take on FIU in a four-game series, and come away with four W's. Now 22-9 and nine on the season, 11-1 and one in Conference USA, which is good for first place, if you don't mind me saying. Um, Coach, another weekend of you got the pitching you needed, you got the hitting you needed, and you got the defense you needed. Yeah, no, thanks. It was, to, you know, to your point, it was um, – I thought that was our most complete weekend of, of the four – or, sorry, of the three. Um, at FIU um, – you know, I thought, um, although our start, our starting pitching, um, we have some guys that I think that they would, they would agree that they, you know, they want to be at another level here this weekend. I thought our bullpen was as good as it's been uh, for the most part. We obviously we had a little stretch there at the end uh, on Sunday, but um, it's going to happen in a thirty-two inning uh, series. But. Um, I thought our bullpen was was as good as it's been in, in the three weekends, and then I thought our offense was tremendous um, and, and multifaceted, being able to play both the long ball and small ball. Um, but but and then defensively, I thought 
you know, that's a tough, that's, it's a nice playing surface, but the, the infield dirt at FIU is actually, it's, it's very, it's very firm. And when you play day in and day out on, on turf, and then you have, and then you go down and you play on, you know, really, really hard uh, dirt um, again, nice surface, you know, no complaints whatsoever. It's just very different. And I thought our infielders battled as, as you know, to make plays, you have to really, you have to really come get the ball on that surface. Uh, you cannot sit back. If you sit back, you will lose your teeth. And um, I thought our infielders really battled and made some, you know, some really great plays defensively. And um, yeah, we, we in, those, in the box score, we're going to have more errors, but they had a couple of errors too on the same infield dirt. And, you know, it's just a matter of, of making fewer mistakes. And I thought we did uh, the, the component of our game that I thought was at, a significantly better level was our base running. I thought our base running was a huge separator in the series as far as, um, you know, um, obviously some timely stolen bases um, with the starters and pinch runners, guys going first to third, guys advancing on dirt balls, um, guys getting good secondaries, allowing them to score from second base. Um, you know, there's just a lot, there's just a lot of really, really good base running. I thought uh, on the weekend that, with guys extending and taking extra bases, some safety squeezes that I thought we executed tremendously. Uh, we, we had back-to-back safety squeezes there on Sunday that really extended us uh, to a much, much needed lead as, as we knew we were going to need um, there at the back end of the game. And we almost had three in a row, uh, but didn't, but once Carson got a strike on him, we pulled it back and obviously he's swinging it really well. So we tried to let him hit. Um, but we, 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 you know, we went for we went for three in a row, and it was in the back of my mind to go for to keep doing it until it was, you know, until it was defended. Um, but uh, you know, really, really proud of our team across the board. It's it's an incredibly difficult thing to do to go on the road and win a series, much less sweep a series. Uh, FIU has pro prospects all over the field. Coach Melendez is an excellent coach, and their coaching staff is very well respected. So to go down there and have that success is big and. Um, you know, but like we say each and every week, that series ended last Sunday. Uh, we're home now. We had a new team practicing on our field here tonight. We've had a really good days of practice here, getting healthier and stronger and sharper on some things, and time to go play a new opponent. I don't think, uh, as I recall, it, it seems like maybe Coach Melendez was a little upset with his with his team after that second safety squeeze in a row worked. Uh, seems like the frustrating might, thing. Might have been a little, might have been a little bit of frust, frustration setting in there. Well, it's, I mean, you know, it's, I mean, I think any coach gets frustrated when, um, you know, any kind of a weakness gets exploited. I mean, you know, it's, we're not even a weakness, but, you know, I mean, it's just, that's just part of it. You know, I mean, it's, it's uh, our guys, they, 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 it was textbook. It was textbook execution. It's really tough to defend. You know, when you execute a safety squeeze first and third or second and third and less than two outs and, um, it's just really hard to defend. So I give our guys a lot of credit and, um, yeah, we, as coaches tend to get, we all tend to get a little, a little fired up when, when, when things don't go well in, in, in the game. Coach, you talked about, talked a little bit about the trip down there, or this was our first flight of the year as a team. Um, t- uh, tell us for those, of, for those of us who haven't heard the story about it, get down there winning the four games and then the adventure back. 
Yeah, no. So we, uh, um, we started something new this year where we, on every trip, every flight that we, that we take, except for rice, we can't do it. There's rice. We actually do what we call a deadhead of bus. And so we will actually pack up the bus with all of our, our bags with equipment and uniforms and baseball gear and everything that we will traditionally check going to the airport. We'll pack it up on Wednesday and we'll send it down You know, we'll send it off. Um, and the driver will drive through the night. So that, that way on Thursday, we can go to the airport with just the bags that we're going to carry on. Um, it saves us a ton of convenience. It's a tick more expensive, but the time effort, the time and effort and convenience that, you know, allows us to, you know, our guys to stay in class a little bit longer and, you know, um, get through security faster, et cetera. It's, it's a big help. So, um, we did that. And then we, you know, we flew, we flew down the same flight as the softball team, which was pretty cool. Um, you know, just cause they're having a heck of a year. And, uh, you know, I think our guys are a lot, are, are really good, you know, good friends with their players. And, um, it was just neat. And then on top of that, we we're all testing, you know, twice a week. So to be on a plane, it's pretty much all Charlotte athletics was, um, you know, from a coaching standpoint and a protocol standpoint, it was, you know, gave us a little bit of peace of mind that you're around, you know, pretty much the whole flight, it was us and been tested. So, um, that was good. You know, we got down there and we had a really great practice Thursday night as we typically do. Um, the lights cut off on us at eight o'clock in the middle of our BP session. So we had to flip those back on. Um, yeah. And then like, you know, like you said, in terms of traveling, found out Sunday that our, uh, Coach Simmons came up to me in the middle of the fourth inning on Sunday and um, right between innings when their pitchers warming up and he says, Hey coach, just going to give you a heads up that our flight got canceled. And I was like, all right, so when's the next one? And uh, he goes, there isn't one currently. And uh, so the pitchers warming up and our hitters are getting ready to hit. I'm just like, all right, well um, he's like, I'm going to go make some calls. I'll be, I'll let you know. And I, you know, so coach Simmons was on the phone, uh, pretty much the whole rest of the game, you know, still coaching on the phone, coaching on the phone, trying to, you know, piece together, you know, the best possible way to get home. And it looked like, you know, from everything he gathered that our, our the next earliest flight wasn't until Tuesday. So we just made the decision as a coaching staff in game that we were going to try to bus as, as, as far home as we could without getting too late into the night. We were going to try to get to Savannah, Georgia ish, um, by, you know, 11, between 11 and midnight, if we could. And then we were going to have 23 hotel rooms there, get get a good night's sleep and get up in the morning and finish the drive Monday morning. As it turned out, um, we got about after we, after we won the game on Sunday, we got about two hours North of Miami and or an hour and a half. And we have two brand new buses and they're great. And we do so to spread our guys out and keep them as safe as possible while traveling and avoid contact tracing. And, uh, the, the, you know, Ray, our driver, he's driven for the Boston Red Sox, uh, the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Rays, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, for a long time. Awesome driver. Uh, he looks at me and, and, and says, coach, we got an issue. And I can see all these lights flashing on his dashboard and, uh, there's an electrical failure. So we pulled over, we're on the side of the road for about uh, an hour and it came to the conclusion that we just need to get off the road. Like we, we, we're not supposed to be traveling. We're not supposed to be flying. So let's just get the guys to a, the closest possible hotel. That's, you know, nice. And, and then we can get them. I mean, everybody's smoked at the end of, at the end of a four game series home or away, everybody's smoked and down there in that heat, um, 
you know, by that, by this time, it just felt like we just need to get off the road. So um, again, with coach Simmons help and Cindy Olson's help and Susan, Susan Carter's help here, um, everybody um, can Sean Fox's help. Everybody came together and we found 23 rooms, 20 minutes away and got off the road, got a good night's sleep. Uh, Monday morning, we were, you know, 7 a.m. breakfast, 7 o'clock, 7.30 on the road. Um, and we rolled back to Charlotte from 7.30 in the morning until 6 o'clock at night. Um, we rolled in, you know, sun was still up, so it was good. But it was a full, it was a full bus ride home on Monday. Um, you know, so missed class, you know, lost a, lost a day of, you know, recovery and getting ahead academically and that sort of thing. So we gave the guys Tuesday, we treated Tuesday as um, kind of a traditional Monday off day because bus rides are more taxing than, you know, you might imagine and let, let the guys get their legs under them, really recover. And then we got back after it on Wednesday and today with good practice. That's a good segue coach. Um, speaking of Tuesday. So you guys were originally scheduled to play at Chapel Hill on Tuesday night. So obviously um, their schedule was different as well because they got delayed by weather and they finished up their series with Duke on Monday night. Um, so while you were riding a bus, they were, they were finishing up their weekend series. And then uh, I guess for a combination of reasons, you just ended up pushing again. I think it was just announced today. We rescheduled it for the, for the 27th of April, but um, talk a little bit about how that, that process played out. Yeah, no. So as soon as the uh, as soon as the Duke UNC series because of weather was pushed back to resume Saturday, compete on Sunday, and compete on Monday night, um, Coach Forbes called me and just said, "Hey, just going to give you a heads up that our series has been pushed back. Um, you know, just give some thought, give some thought to uh, you know the game Tuesday night." And I said, "I will." And and you know we didn't really we didn't make a decision kind of right out of the gate. Um, we just kind of. We went about our series and they went about their series. And then, um, you know, uh, obviously we had the travel issues that I mentioned. And so, um, you know, that, that changes things for us. And then, you know, their series being changed for them. And, you know, when you agree to play a game on a Tuesday night, you're kind of both agreeing to the fact that you're going to have a Monday off day as far as coming off of the series. So, you know, that had changed for them. And then, you know, Monday was no longer like a normal off day for us because we were, we were on a bus for however many hours, you know, 10, 11 hours. So um, we just felt in the best interests of both teams and, and we really want to play. And we thought that we would be, we, we, Coach Forbes and I thought that there was a really good chance that we were going to be able to play another date. You know, if that had been the only possible date for us to play, we probably, both teams would have probably, you know, sucked it up and played. Maybe because um, we both both teams really want to play, and so, but um, but just the fact that we thought that we could find another date um, and play under more normal circumstances, uh, we thought it was a good thing, and so we we postponed it um, and then rescheduled it. We were able to reschedule it for Tuesday, April twenty seventh, and you know, in my opinion, it's, it's nice to kind of break up the the two ODU series and see another opponent. And it's true. You get to you, – you, that game is situated right in between the home ODU series and the road ODU series. So uh, everybody will probably be uh, glad to see somebody other than, than ODU right there. Yeah, we talked about that as a coaching staff too. You know, we, and we actually talked to a couple of players and, 
you know, all signs pointed to was just, you know, let's play it. Let's play it then. Okay, cool. Well, let's, um, let's talk about, and as a result of the work you and the guys are doing, uh, the recognition is, is really starting to roll in. Um, the, the rankings have started this week. Um, D one baseball, which we feel has the most accurate ranking, um, has this ranked 21st in the country. Um, USA Today coaches polled 27th, NCBWA 28th. Uh, I think, Kevin, were we, we were just receiving votes in Baseball America, I think, was. Uh, they didn't list the receiving votes, but I'm yeah, sure we were. Yeah. Baseball America is always, always behind the times. We'll, they'll get there one day. So, but, yeah. at any rate, first, you guys. First time since uh, 2011. First time since 2011 we've been ranked. So, it was, uh, it was a good feeling. Good good to see that. On uh, Monday morning when the, when the polls came out, honors were listed with, uh, with a little number next to them. Now, I know what you're going to say, Coach. You're going to say, because actually you said it before we even got on. You said that, you know, we don't need a number to tell us anything, right? But, and that's true. But how does that, talk about, I mean, talk about how that fits. You know, you came in here with a rebuilding plan and with a vision for what we were going to do with this program. Um, Regardless of the number, having that kind of recognition at this point in your tenure, it's got to, it's got, that's got to feel great. Well, it's, you know, I truly don't, it's, it's our tenure, you know, it's, it's our coaching staff, it's our players, it's, it's our administration, you know, it's, it's our diamond niner podcast. It's, it's our, it's, it's, it's our family. It's our, you know, players, families. It's, it's everybody. I mean, it is absolutely everybody. Um, And it's our support staff. It's just, you know, um, the trajectory that we all want to be on, you know, it takes all of us to get there. And I mean that I, I, I feel that our coaching staff feels that uh, I think our players feel that. And, um, you know, but this honestly, like, you know, being ranked in April, that's not our goal. Like it's, it's nowhere on anywhere. Have we ever talked about, you know, being ranked? We've never talked about that never talked about that. We've never, you know, we've never listed any goal that we have as a program that takes place in March, April, or, you know, some start in May, some of our goals start in May, but, um, you know, we've, we've said it from the beginning, we want to play on ESPN in June. And, you know, so we want to do everything as a program, every decision we make as a program uh, aligns with that. Does this help us play on ESPN in June? If it, if it does, then let's do it or try. If it doesn't, then let's not and not be concerned with it. And so, you know, that's honestly how I, you know, I feel about it. And I think we all do. And, you know, it's nice and it's great because it means that people are talking about our program, which we love. And that's a great thing. Um, but we still have a long ways to go. We know that. Kevin, Brad, what I just heard Woody say was that the three, we're, you, the three of us, we're nationally ranked. That's what I heard it. That's what I got out of that. You guys are. You guys are number one, man. You guys have been number one for a long time. In some locales, within our homes, maybe. Maybe. I read. Uh, it was yeah. I, re- I read some rankings about top podcasts in the seven or four. Uh, yeah. No, I think we got a ways yeah. to go to catch to catch like uh, Joe Rogan or somebody like that. So yeah. I think I think we are the top rated Conference USA baseball podcast in Canada. Boom. 
<laughs> For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. There's no way that anybody can lay claim to that other than us. So in the same vein, Kevin, I'm, I'm going to let you introduce this one as no, we're all excited about it, but um, in the, in the theme of accolades, uh, we got some pretty good news about some attention that, that Austin Knight got this week, Kevin, why don't you, why don't you tee that up for us? Yeah, I guess yesterday the, the mid mid season uh, Golden Spikes watch list watch list came out and uh, Austin Knight was on it. Uh, so a list of 45 players, the top players, 45 players in the country uh, make it onto the mid-season watch list. Uh, I believe it's the first 49er player to make it on the watch list. And, um, yes, it, it it honors his uh, great first half he's had. Uh, he's put up some big numbers, leads the country in doubles. I think he's top 10 in RBIs, playing a great third base, uh, doing it all and getting in getting a much-deserved uh, accolades to, to show for it now. Coach, can you speak a little bit about um, what Austin Knight has meant to the, the team this year? Yeah, you can't, you know, you can't, you can't quantify, in my opinion, what, what he has brought to our program. I mean, I know you can, there's formulas out there that you can, you know, you can place a value or a wins above replacement on a player, but, um, you know, his intangibles are, are through the roof, his, you know, competitiveness, his competence, his clutchness, his, you know, team, team orientedness. I, I mean, I can go on and on about, you know, the attributes that he has brought to our program and it just spreads, it just spreads, um, you know, because um, everybody sees what he's capable of doing as a player. And, and, you know, they, they see, they, they see what it looks like and, you know, they, they, they either follow suit or they either say, Hey, like, you know, they one up each other, you know, it just depends on, and, and that's a great thing. And, um, you know, he's just, he's a joy to be around every single day. Um, you know, he, he brings every single day, you know, Austin Knight's going to show up to the yard and he's going to, he's going to be positive energy and positive vibes and, you know, big time competitor who, you know, plays for the right reasons and, you know, so it's a lot of fun. It's, 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 we, we, we feel like as a coaching staff, you know, we hit, we hit the jackpot with, you know, with Austin coming to our program and, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's, it's not Austin's not the only one. I mean, there's times all the time. I mean, I'll be standing next to coach Bick and, you know, in the dugout and I'll say, man, I'm, you know, so glad Austin's on our team. And he just looks at me and just like, Ooh, yeah. You know, and it's just, you know, he's not the only one. We say that about guys all the time. I mean, that's how that's kind of how our coaching staff talks about our players when, you know, they're they're playing at high level. It's just like, man, look at that, man. That's fun to watch, man. You know, look what he's you know look what he's doing now. And so, um, you know, we and we say that a lot about Austin. And um, you know, he's, you know, again, I can't can't we can't quantify, you know. Um, you know, really, thirty one games in, what he's what he's amounted. I mean, it's it's significant. So I'm, I'm just excited for him. You know, I'm excited for him to get the recognition and the acknowledgement. And, um, but knowing Austin and, and the Knight family, like I know them, they are, they're tunnel vision on, on helping this team win and play as deep into June as we possibly can. And, you know, that's, that's why these good things are happening to, to them is because they, you know, they, he plays for the right reasons. So. Yeah. Love that. Love that. And we will add that, that not yet, not our nation, but at a certain point in this process, as it goes forward, 
um, if, if, if in future rounds of this competition, there's an element of fan voting. So we'll keep you posted on that because you know we're ready to stuff the ballot box on the hunt. So if, if we get a chance to do that, we're absolutely going to do that. Now, here's some other – it's just big news. I keep saying big news. It's, it's a week of big news. We got to talk about this, Coach. It came to light that everything with the NCAA tournament is is different this year for all the reasons that everybody already knows. Yep. One of those things is that they're doing the host site selections earlier mm-hmm. uh, before the season's even over. Normally, that's you know you get through and 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 you're doing that as a part of the selection process for the tournament itself. Instead, that's being backed up into early May. Yep. And in fact, bids have already been submitted. Um, and it has to do with, with needing three weeks to prepare the site for protocols. And anybody that watched the NCAA tournament basketball saw that, you know, all this stuff. What we know is what's come to light is that the Niners, Charlotte, the athletic department has collectively submitted a bid to the NCAA as a host. Yep. So, in addition to Louisiana Tech and Southern Miss from the league, have also submitted uh, bids. Coach, what can you tell us about that process and about how that worked and, and where we're where we're at with that? Yeah, I mean, it starts at the top with our administration, you know, with, with, with Mike Hill and Darren Spees and Cass Ferguson and, and many others, um, you know, as far as, you know, as soon as we, you know, as soon as we have a great weekend at FIU, um, you know, things change, things change pretty quickly. I mean, um, you know, it's, it's still really early too, you know? So it's like, but, but, you know, with the, with the updated, um, you know, with the updated process and everything getting moved earlier, you know, it forces you to kind of, um, you know, evaluate, you know, here's where we, here's where we are, here's where we are, here's where we want to be. And, and, here's where we want to go. And, um, you know, we've said, you know, as a, as a coaching staff and administration here that we know that, um, you know, the road to Omaha is, is we want to run through Charlotte and, and by that we mean hosting regionals here and to do so you have to put a bid in. So, um, you know, we feel as though that our players have, you know, earned the opportunity to, you know, eight weeks through the season They've, they've earned the opportunity to submit their, you know, their names in to play postseason baseball here at the Hayes. And it's our job as coaches and administrators to stand up for them and submit that bid and control what we can control. We can't control the decision on whether they decide they, they allow us to host here or not. Um, but it's our job is, in my opinion, it's our job as players or sorry, as coaches and administrators to have the backs of our players. And they've, they've, you know, in our opinion, we feel that our players have earned the opportunity to submit a bid, so we did so. Kevin, I guess one way to look at that is is, is you don't get 100% of the things that you don't ask for. That's right. You won't you won't get it unless you ask for it. That's right. That's right. So, so that's, that's essentially it. And it was so sorry. And the, the bids were due on Monday, so they, yeah. so they were due on Monday. Um, there was no extensions being granted. So, you know, before, before Darren Spees had to go to his, his daughter's softball game, he had to get, you know, he had to get that, uh, that bid submitted, which he did. And, and with the help of, uh, 
with help of Cass Ferguson and Mike Hill and others. Um, you know, we got it submitted and we'll see what they say. But um, we've done our due diligence, you know, now to get back, get back to work, get back to practice, get back to, you know, focus on other things and, you know, control what we can't control. Darren's I'm picturing Darren, like one of my, one of my students uh, submitting, submitting an assignment on Sunday night, sitting there trying to get it ready for whatever and hit submit. That's kind of a funny image in my head. Anyway, I I know Darren worked hard on it. Kevin, the, the, the next news uh, bit of news affects just more than the Niners and it affects just more than baseball, but uh, some NCAA news kind of broke on us. Uh, It's it's been on the way, but it it finally became, um, finally became official. Why don't you, uh, don't you tee that one up for us? Well, there's a couple, there's a couple big things that came out. Um, One time transfer rule was approved today. And then they, they also, uh, I guess they said that they can, everybody can go out and start recruiting on June 1st. That's the date. Um, yeah. So two, yeah big June 1st, two big things. Resume, resume normal recruiting calendars for all sport. And, you know, I haven't seen coach, I haven't seen coach Bicknell since uh, that was announced. Uh, I imagine he is uh, through the roof excited for that uh, announcement. He tweeted he about it. the truck already. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah. He tweeted about it. There you go. It was a one-word tweet. Out the truck. Uh, he's gone. The reason you haven't seen him is he's somewhere packing. He's like, okay, I, I got to get start getting my stuff ready. June first, be June first, where you know it. Yeah, yeah. Coach, Christmas Day for Toby Coach, Bick. Coach Bick. Coach Bick's ready to. Uh, he's ready to get out there and, and see some future Niners play. Which we, all, as everybody that knows our program knows, that's how he is. So that is great news, and it's it's moving the needle back to normal. You know, which we all want. So it's good. So let's let's touch briefly on that one-time transfer rule. I mean, we've been talking about this for a while now. It's been in the works, but now that it, it, it's finally this, this was coming. I mean, I think any any observer of college athletics knew this this was coming down the pike. But but now it's official, coach. So what 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 say you? No, honestly, like I don't have much of an opinion on it right now. I really don't. Um, it just got announced. Um, I love this team. I love the players that are on this team. You know, I love the players that we have committed to play on next year's team, you know, and I don't really want to think about, (laughs) to be honest with you, I don't really want to think about, um, you know, any players transferring right now. So I'm just going to stay pretty much pretty dialed in on, on what we're doing and we'll worry about that later. You're so in the present coach. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Despite oh, everything we do to try to drag you out of it, you just you just stay right there. It's beautiful. And the, the, the future the future will be here when it gets here. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I try to preach that to our guys all the time. You know, I really I really do. I had a, our coaching staff. We sat down with a player today, and, and we, we talked about, um, you know, um, the previous 20 pitchers he faced. It, do, it doesn't matter. You know, the future 20 pitchers he faces, it doesn't matter. The only thing, the only, you know, as far as hitting goes, you know, we were, it was a conversation about hitting. The only thing that matters for the, you know, is that one pitcher you have to face and that one at bat. What does he bring? How can he beat you? If he's got nothing to beat you with, do your thing. If he's got one thing to beat you with, you know, adjust and don't let him. Um, but the previous 20 pitchers that you face and the next 20 pitchers you face, they don't matter. You know, they don't matter. So, um, 
we talk about staying present all the time. It's something that I work very hard at and can certainly improve on. So, you know, it's just, that's kind of, that's, it's important to me. Yeah. I'll say this. Yeah. You, you've, you've got, you've, we'll keep you there in the present. I'll say this to Kevin. You don't even have to listen. A lot of people in the fan bases, various fan bases and our fan base, have kind of they're worried about this this piece of legislation. There's there's some there's some reaction out there to it, like oh I don't like this, and it's not traditional. Okay, it's, it's 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 stuff's changed. The days of guys and we with basketball football, the guys of of a, a guy showing up as a freshman and you you grow him for four years and then he's a star as a senior. That you know that things are different today. They just are, and you know change is coming, but. What I want to say is I don't necessarily think that this is as bad as some people are, are fearing that it could be. Because when I look at this roster, we just got through talking about a D1 transfer who's on the Golden Spikes watch list, who's now on our roster, yeah. who you look at Toby and say, I'm glad he's on our team. And I look behind the plate at, at Aaron McKeithen, who's a D1 transfer. And I look at shortstop, Jack Dragon, who has started at another D1. And I look at Butch, who started at another D1. And these are guys that, that are doing, doing the job for us. Yep. And I look around and go, you know, okay, this is, this is all about adjusting and moving forward. And, and I, don't, I don't necessarily – and it's good for the – I get the argument for the student welfare side of it. I get so, it. I get it. Yep. I know. I also get it when people look at it and they see it changing and they go college sport, the college sports I grew up watching are changing. I get that too, yep. because they are, but look at it. Look at it's talk about standing in the present coach, looking at your roster. <laughs> I see guys that are, that are getting the job done for us that just started off their career somewhere else. And, and there's not, you know, that's, that's okay. It's, it's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. No. Um, you bring up a great point, and we, you know, we we certainly have talked about it as a coaching staff that you know we feel like we have so many great examples on our roster that you know guys that have you know started somewhere else and then one way, shape, or form got to know our coaching staff, got to know our program, you know, got to got to you know really see and feel the vision that we have for Charlotte baseball and wanted to be a part of it, and have come here and have made the most of their opportunities. And, you know, so there's examples all over our current roster of future players that potentially, you know, if we want to start looking in the future that we can look to and say, you know, to your point, look at our catcher, look at our third baseman, look at our shortstop, you know, and so on and so on and so on. And, um, you know, hope, you know, we feel, we feel confident that, you know, if these are the rules that we're going to play by, then our coaching staff will do so accordingly. And that's just part of it. You know, we can't, you know, change is inevitable. We don't, we don't, um, we don't fear change. Um, we just adapt and we, you know, we put a lot of great, a lot of time, effort and energy into, you know, looking at the rules that we're told we need to play by, play by them to the best of our ability and then we go. 
And because we don't have time to sit around and complain or, you know, worry or any of that. I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't do us any good as a program. So we're not going to, we're not going to do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- that's the argument I'm making out amongst the fan base, the people that I've talked to, the, the, the argument that I just laid out for you guys. That's, that's what I'm telling people is look, here's, let me tell you, let me tell you how this works. Let me tell you how this works for us. Mm-hmm. And let me give you some great, some great positive examples of Niners we've got through this process. So anyway, all right. You're right. We'll, yeah. take, uh, we'll, we'll take you off of that now. Kevin. Uh, see, you guys are, I'm going to talk about the past. Now you guys are in the present and the future. I'm going to talk about the past a little bit here. Uh, let's talk about some of our awards from last week, coach. Uh, top performers. Uh, we've talked about it all year. It's, it's we're a very balanced team. Uh, everybody's stepping up in one way or another, any shape or form. Um, and a great example is that we had. There's been what eight conference USA players of the week, hitter eight hitters and eight pitchers, and we've had we've had one hitter win hitter of the week. We haven't had any pitchers yet, so and we're in, in first place in the league. So that tells you. People are doing their job. We're very balanced. Um, and there's a lot of guys to talk about. So um, if you want to get started, let's talk about our uh, uh, leadership effort and attitude award that you guys uh, gave out this week. I went to Matt Brooks. thought Brooksy, Brooksy's uh, overall demeanor and presence outing um, was tenacious. Uh, game two of the doubleheader. And uh, we talked about it last week about his trajectory and his trajectory is just, it's moving up. So, um, you know, he did a phenomenal job and he does all the little things, right? Like he does all the little things um, in the dugout, behind the scenes, in the weight room. Um, you know, we felt like, we felt like last week, Brooksy was, was our best, was our best leader. Yeah, definitely that uh, veteran leader on the team. Um uh, let's move on to the defensive player of the week. Uh, I know you mentioned uh, a little bit about the defense, the, the infielder stepping up this weekend, playing on a little different surface. But uh, who got who'd you guys go with for the uh, defensive player of the week? Yeah, we didn't give it to any of the guys playing on the dirt this past weekend. But um, not that they didn't they didn't play well. Obviously. You saw him start grinning as soon as he knew where you were going. <laughs> you were about to bring this up. But we um, but but we mentioned our pitching staff. You know, throwing what we, what we thought was as good as we've seen them in three weeks of Conference USA play, uh, games one through four of the series, and uh, you can't do that without good catching. You can't do that with, with um, you know, great, you know, um, either you know, pitch calling with Coach Miney or um, blocking, receiving, throwing, just game management stuff. So um, we get, you know, we thought that Aaron McKeithen and Jacob Whitley uh, were our best defensive players on the week, and you know that that. Uh, that catch that McKeithen made, I think it was game one uh, or game three. It was the night, one of the night games right up against the wall was, was tremendous and a huge momentum swing for us. So, and then Witt, Witt coming off the bench after Amac rolled his ankle and in, in about the fifth or the sixth inning, didn't miss a beat. Receiving is on, you know, was receiving is, was dialed in, blocking was dialed in, throws were dialed in, um, you know, big swing of the bat too. I know we're talking about defense, but, um, you know, I, I thought our catchers were tremendous. Gary, those those four game weekends, man. I, I keep saying it every week, but it's a grind for just the fans. Um, yeah. Listening on Especially the radio, in Miami. TV, I, yeah, I mean Miami this weekend. Yeah. Four game. I mean that Saturday doubleheader. Gosh, I mean that that just 
I get tired thinking about that. I'm fixing some light. Um, yeah, so those are our defensive players of the week. All right. Um, we'll move on to our quality at bat of the week. Uh, our quality bat leader was Carson Johnson. Carson was six for 15 with three walks, two Ks, and four rubies. And, uh, you know, whatever stat for clutchness there is, Carson's got it. Um, the other thing I noticed, again, doesn't fall in line with necessarily quality of bats, but you can't help but notice that Carson's also like the dirtiest player every time leaving the field. And playing for Coach Schilt back in the day, that was always a, uh, a measure of tenacity and toughness. And so not only was our quality of bat leader, but he was our maybe our Sydney Pike dirty, dirty uniform of the week uh, award winner. There needs to be a metric for that. You know, all the advanced metrics that we're coming up with in baseball, there's got to be a way to quantify how dirty a guy gets. Cause it's, it's what you said. The guys that, the guys that get dirty, they're always the dudes getting stuff done. Yep. Carson, Carson's uniform is routinely very dirty and that's a good thing. All right. Um, yeah, he's definitely doing a lot for the Niners uh, last few weeks. Uh, let's move on to the, I guess, who led the league, the, the team in whip this week, Coach? Our walks and hit oh, wow. pitch leader was Spencer Geesting. Uh, Goose was three innings, one hit, one walk, and two punch outs, and uh, two really great relief appearances. I mean, I mean, we, I mean, we mention his name just about every week. I mean, he is a huge part of our pitching staff. You know, he can start, he can close, he can be middle game, he can match up. He can do all those things. Um, he's just a really big part of our staff. And with how many appearances he has, he doesn't look like a freshman anymore. So I always love giving him the ball. He's awesome. Uh, staying on the pitching side of things, uh, starting pitcher of the week. Who did you guys uh, select for starting pitcher of the week? Was yeah, our starter, our starter week was Morose's again. Morose's went five innings, one run, two walks, five Ks, and uh, – you know, FIU hit 133 against him, and you know he's just got that look. He's got the look about him right now that um, pressure goes up, pulse goes down. Um, made, made a really, you know, can make the really big three-two slider when he needs to. Can jam, you know, can run it in there on righties when he needs to. Can get the big double play ball. Um, he's just got a lot of ways to get guys out, and uh, he's just keeps getting better and better. And we kind of keep him right now around that like 75, 70 to 80 pitch mark. But I told him this week, I'm like, hey man, like, you know, you know, we're we're getting to the phase of the year where you're you're getting ready to start running up to 85, 90, 100 plus pitches. So, and he gave me a look like, yeah, it's about time. Like, leave me in there. So, uh, um, which is what you want. And he's throwing the ball really well and uh, doing a great job for us. Yeah, anytime you can extend extend a start and eat up some innings in those four game series, it's it's positive for the for the team for the weekend. Um, moving right along to, to reliever of the week, uh, you have quite a few to choose from, I believe. Gave it to four guys. Uh, we gave it to Goose. Uh, we we gave it to CeeLo for his, uh, you know, his two his two lockdown appearances out of the bullpen for us. And then we gave it to Trey Starnes and Ryan Chanskowski. And when you, you know, I mean, we were on in in it. We were in inning thirty five. Uh, FIU had battled their way in the last inning of the series to get the tying run to the plate with the best part of their order up. And I can't explain how difficult it is. You have to be an incredible team guy, which both Trey and, and Ryan are, but 
you you have to be, you know, extremely just dialed in, competitive, selfless, um, and tough, you know, to, 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 to be ready and to stay ready, stay ready, stay ready, stay ready. Boom. You're in. Oh, and by the way, you're in with, you know, the game on the line and the bases are loaded. Oh, and you're going to face their best hitters. And, um, you know, Starnsy, Starnsy is such a warrior and they both are, but, but, you know, Trey walked by me, I think before the game and I pointed, you know, I've got my, my card and my notes and I look at Figueroa and I say, that's your guy. I was like, I don't know when, but that's your guy. He says, I got him. And that was before the game. And, you know, we thought about, we thought about matching up Starnsy in like the third inning against Figueroa um, between Trebinsky and Lindsay but we opted not to because just in the back of our minds, we thought, you know, if we need, if we need to match up in the ninth, it's or later the eighth or the ninth, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a really big at bat. So we just kind of, we, we just went straight to Lindsay um, there in like the, th- in the third, instead of matching up against Figueroa um, and it worked out Figueroa hit right into a, um, a shift double play. I think it was a, um, a six five three to drag him drag him tonight at Gino, and then you know so the game rolls on and 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 Starnsy gets in there and uh, punches him out man on, on some really good sliders and uh, probably some of the best sliders he's thrown um, the whole season. And we talked about this. I mean Starnsy's looked good every time he's gotten in there, and and when he gets that first guy out, we always talk about you know, Hey, let's leave him in there or, or let's go to the next guy. And, and we were going to leave him in there and uh, we were going to leave him in there based on how he looked right there in that situation. We had chance ready. Um, you know, we had chance, chance ready um, to go. And then, you know, coach Bick and I were talking and we looked at the next hitter and we looked at, you know, what, which we do every, every time a hitter steps in the box, we look at, you know, various stats and various tendencies and, this and that. And, and the hitter that was in the box was like over over seven against righties uh, on the season and was hitting 333 against lefties on the season. So I go out to the mound and um, to make the, to make the change and bring chance in and start, he's like ready to fight me. Like he, he, he wants to take a swing at me. And um, I know, I know, I know Starnsy well enough to one, appreciate the competitive spirit. Um, but two, also to know that I need to have a, I need to be able to tell him a reason why he's coming out of the game. And so I'm like, Starnsy, Starnsy, like this hitter hasn't had a hit against a righty the whole year. Like he's hitting 333 against lefties. Like, come on. And he's like, he's like, okay, coach, coach, I got it. I got it. I got it. We got this. Chance has got this. Chance is already coming in the game. And, um, you know, so just, uh, it's just one of those little moments where you're kind of like, you know, like, I don't know, but it was, it was, it was good. And then, you know, started, like I mentioned earlier, Starnsy is such a team guy and gives the ball a chance. Chance comes in and just goes like nasty split, nasty split, nasty split, ball game over, series over um, for such a big punch out. I mean, he threw a really nasty split. I mean, you can see it from the side. Like you can, act, you can I mean, that hitter was right on time, but Chance really finished that split and you can see the ball finish under the barrel there for strike three. Um, just a really great pitch, really great pitch. And, and for those guys, I know it's a little bit long winded there, but I, I, I want to make sure and acknowledge the, um, the, the, you know, the value that, that they brought 
in those two at bats, you know, I mean, you, you make, you make one, you don't, you don't, you don't make those pitches. Then we, we, you know, we're three and one, you don't, you don't make those pitches. We're three and one. And then our flight's canceled and then we're getting on a bus and our bus breaks down and, you know, it, it just, it, it changes everything. So, you know, bonding experience gone wrong. Yeah. We're just, you know, because, you know, the, the whole ride, the whole ride home where, you know, we're, because of those guys, because of everybody, what everybody did, but you know, those two, those two finishing it off like they did and, and not to discredit Casey Bargo, Bargo came in there and, and, and got a big out for us as well. And, um, you know, Jackson was, Jax was throwing on short rest and truthfully, I probably didn't give him enough time to get ready there for the game on Sunday. And, and, you know, that's on me and won't, well, you know, this weekend and moving forward, we'll make sure he has even more time to get ready. So, um, you know, all those guys are, are, are whole, it's a, it's a, it, you don't, you don't do what we did down there at FIU without, you know, tons of guys contributing, um, everybody contributing. And, uh, you know, that's just, those are two examples of it. Um, one thing that comes to mind, um, I wanted to ask you about was Friday night when, when Christian came in, in a, in a spot there and got the, the last two outs, the final out there, is that the most emotion you've seen out of, out of CeeLo? Cause he was, he was pretty fired up. Yeah, probably, probably, you know, he probably, uh, I think he told me he took a full scoop of pre-workout right before, right before he went in there. So that, uh, yeah, that's usually how, you know, in CeeLo, you can usually tell by the pace at which CeeLo pitches. If he's, you know, if he's really slow and deliberate, he probably, he probably didn't have his pre-workout. And then if he's kind of fast, he's probably got the half scoop. And then if he goes like really up tempo, you're like, all right, well, he's got a full scoop of pre-workout going. Um, you know, so I think he had a full scoop and then, you know, you get the last out, uh, down there, you know, that was cool to see. It's just cool. It's cool to see him thriving in that role. It's, it's, it's a pivotal role for us. I mean, I think not, not to like, you know, knock on wood. I mean, you know, you, you know, to, to do what we do, you, you, you gotta have saves because that, you know, you're going to have way more close games than you are, you know, spread out games or, or, and, um, you know, I think we have 10 saves on the year, um, you know, and it's all a credit to CeeLo and, and Jackson and other guys on the staff that are closing out games. It takes, you, you know, four game series, you need multiple guys closing out games. Well, coach, we're gonna uh, we're gonna transition over towards um, ask Coach Woody, but we tell people to send us questions through YouTube, and they do. So we're just gonna nice. gonna give them to you. So um, the the first question comes from um, comes from DW. Uh, DW uh, wants to know if you iron your own shirts. So that's um yeah yeah I. I... I iron my own shirts, you know, when I'm in a pinch, I guess I'll throw them in the dryer, you know, I'll throw them in the dryer with a, you know, maybe like a, like a, uh, like a washcloth in there, you know, kind of does the, does, does the job a little bit, but, but yeah. you, you know, you know, your way around an iron. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, inquiring minds want to know out there. Um, and uh, your, your boy feet Davis, he doesn't have a questions. He just said he just wanted to say go Niners. So, what's up, feet? What's up, feet? What's up, feet? Yeah, say go Niners. All right, so let let's transition over. Those are those are unofficial ask Woody questions, but important nonetheless. Let's uh, let's transition over to uh, to this week's ask Coach Woody question. Um, 
Kevin, Kevin, are you on this one or am I? You, you, you want that one? Go ahead with it, Nick. Go ahead. Okay, Go ahead okay. I got, I got you. I got you, fam. All right. Uh, Bill wants to know, Coach Depp coming back-to-back weekends against ODU is getting a lot of attention, both from fans and the media. And it is. There are a lot of people talking about the, the eight straight game thing. This is obviously a product of the unique scheduling arrangement for this season, which includes divisional play to cut down on travel. What is your review of the division format so far, and do you think we could see the league use it going forward? I love the division format. You know, it, um, you know, I think it just makes sense in terms of just uh, fiscally and um, from a travel standpoint, um, from a rivalry standpoint. You know, you start to really kind of develop some more regional rivalries and that sort of thing. I mean, Conference USA is really spread out, and I love that. Um, but at the same time. You know, if we can, you know, I think the regional format just really helps navigate everything. Um, I can't speak on, you know, how I feel about playing a team eight straight times. And now that we have UNC sandwiched in the middle, it's not eight straight anymore. Um, you know, but as far as conference games goes, it's still eight straight. So I can't, you know, we have UTSA in here this weekend. You, know, you guys know that, you know, that's, that's all we're talking about and focused on right now. So um, I can't really speak as to how I feel about playing a conference team that many times, you know, in two, in, in two weeks span, that's for a later podcast, at a later date. I know that, uh, I, don't be surprised if, if Aaron fit, uh, from D one baseball is not at one or maybe even both those series. Cause he's, <laughs> he's got his eyes on it. Uh, I, I think honestly, coach, I think, on a certain level, not only, I mean, it speaks to, it speaks to how well we're doing and how well old dominion's doing, but I think there's just a certain amount of curiosity around what happens if you play eight straight games <laughs> against the same opponent. Yep. Yeah. But like I said, you know, now that we've got UNC sandwiched in there, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of breaking that up a little bit. Um, but it's a lot of games against one team and, you know, we're either going to be, you know, you know, I don't. I can't imagine a scenario where you love, you know, your your best friends with another team. So, you know, it's probably you're. you're I guess you're either going to be a rival or you're just going to be sick of them. It's kind of like one or the other. I guess we'll find out, won't we? Find out. But find out. Yeah. We got all right. We we got another. Yeah. We got another opponent. Yeah. That, let's talk about that other opponent. Let's shift gears. Let's let's start looking towards UTSA, Kevin. I'll let you I'll let you introduce UTSA to everybody. But first, I we cannot we cannot forget to remind everyone that this is the Charlotte 49ers Grand Slam Club. Look at the week ahead. Grand Slam Club doing really well. Uh, Niner Nation gives was uh, was last week, which was the university's day of giving around four, nine day phenomenal program, by the way. Um, I think we set a record on that. Kevin, it was like $2 million raised for the university, various causes in 49 hours. Um, so that was, that was huge. And we saw Twitter traffic that were a number of people um, were using that opportunity to join the grand slam club. So if you're, li- if you're one of those people and you're listening, we appreciate that. So, that's the Grand Slam Club. Look at the week ahead, Kevin. Why don't you uh, Why don't you introduce the Roadrunners, hey, Coach? I know you've been waiting the whole show to talk about UTSA, so here we go. Um, UTSA <laughs> comes into the haze this weekend. Uh, they're fourteen to twelve overall, six and five in the conference. Um, in conference play, they won three or four over Rice and three or four from Middle Tennessee, um, and they were swept by Southern Miss. They only played three games of that series. Um, Coach, uh, I know you guys have watched a lot of 
film on UTSA this week. Can you, what can you tell us about the Roadrunners? Well, I mean, they're they're probably one of the most. You know, this is probably gonna be one of those veteran lineups. You know, either between you know true seniors or COVID seniors. Um, I mean, they've got a ton of 22, 23 year olds on their in their lineup. Um, you know, Dylan Rock, he might be one of the best hitters in in Conference USA, and um, you know they've got a really deep pitching staff. They've got a lot of guys that can, you know, they're going to be in that like kind of eighty nine to ninety two range with good off speed, and they throw strikes and really compete. Um, so there's really not going to be much let up. Um, you know, they they've they can do a little bit of everything. I mean, they can they can hit for power. They can they can hit for average. So, um, you know, I think that's, I think, I think we're going to have a you know, really tough test. I mean, um, Pat Hallmark, their head coach, longtime assistant coach at, at Rice under Wayne Graham, been to the College World Series a number of times, uh, you know, with Rice when those teams were, were stacked. And, um, you know, so, you know, we, we know that we're going to have you know, a really tough te- test here this weekend across the board. And uh, it looks like a similar rotation we're going with uh, with McGowan, Brosis, Brooks, and then TBA on again on Sunday. Um, seems like it's work, working out pretty well for us so far. Yeah, I mean, we just we we've we kind of go with the, the philosophy that we don't like to hold anybody back. That we feel like, you know, I mean, the series can you know the series victory can be decided prior to Sunday. So for us, we feel like having you know holding potentially holding a pitcher back, you know, that can help us win the series prior to Sunday. You know, we feel like that that's, you know, that's the approach we, you know, we want to go with is we want to, we want to have every, you know, we want to try to win the series before Sunday um, if possible. Um, but then also too, it gives us time to, you know, we've obviously watched film and we've done scouting and, and that sort of thing, but at the same time, it also gives us really a feel to, you know, to see um, UTSA's lineup and how it's, you know, handling certain types of pitchers over the course of game one and game two and game three. And then we can, we can decide, um, you know, who we feel like first time through the order on Sunday, you know, gives us the best shot, uh, you know, as far as getting deep into the game. Like we did that last weekend with FIU. We felt like velocity slider, velocity with a slider was a really good matchup against that right-handed lineup from FIU. So, um, you know, um, Colton Trebinsky, that's, that's really what he does. I mean, he's, he's velocity and sliders. He does have a change up, but he's, he's velocity and sliders. And, um, you know, Hale Sims is more velocity and change ups. So has a good slider. Um, but we feel like Trebinsky's slider against those right-hand hitters at FIU, we felt like that really, you know, got, gave us a good chance to go at least one time through the order. Um, you know, so if we just kind of, we kind of, we, we go full throttle the, the first three games to, to do everything we can to win to win each of those games in order. And then we see where we're at on Sunday as far as, you know, who's left available and what, what best matchup we can, you know, attack with. I'm, I'm glad you, uh, you mentioned that about Sunday because I was, I was curious. Uh, so I guess the strategy was you saw something during, during the weekend. Uh, you had a, a plan to maybe for Trubisky to go at one time through the lineup. Um, and then you, you, I guess, going to Lindsay for for the long haul. Yeah, we felt like we felt like Andrew Lindsay was going to throw eighty to hundred pitches, no matter what, on Sunday, based on how he threw 
21 pitches on Friday, you know, we felt, and he didn't throw on Saturday. We're like, okay, Andrew's going to throw 80, 80 pitches. You know, when do we want those 80 pitches to be? You know, they can be in the first inning. We're going to face the top of the order and that's going to be a really important inning. Or we can, you know, we can maybe use an opener of sorts and, um, you know, like Colton and let Colton get us as deep as he, as deep as we can and, and then pass it off to Andrew and let, then let him throw his 80 to hundred pitches, you know? So, you know, instead of us having to pull Andrew Lindsay in the seventh inning, we got to pull him in the ninth inning or the sixth inning. We got to pull him in the ninth inning. Um, we felt like learning from previous weekends, we felt like that was beneficial. Um, maybe not necessarily we're, we might not have the luxury or be able to, do that on Sunday this weekend. Um, we'll see how it goes because Andrew's available out of the bullpen tomorrow. Um, but you know we're gonna we're gonna try to explore all options and we're not gonna just do something preset because you know maybe that's the way it's always been done or you know whatever it may be. You know I mean heck we started Trace Arns against a left-handed hitter and then went to Morosa's to face right right right. Um, after that, I mean, you know, we, we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna explore all options, um, in that Sunday game and, and do what we feel like gives us the best chance. So, so coach, um, we'll, we'll, we'll take a look at a sort of tail of the tape here on, um, Charlotte versus UTSA here in a second. But, um, one thing that comes to mind and, and I'll, I'll let you, let you address it as you see fit. Um, one of the themes of the last few weeks has been how healthy we're getting. Uh, we saw um, Dominic Palali return. We, we saw uh, we're looking, we're, we're sort of rounding into form. Now, a big part of that was, was Big Maple giving it a go and, and then coming out and maybe he wasn't feeling exactly the way he, he wanted to right there. So um, I know with, with Sometimes recovery is just—it's not a straight line path, and you just kind of have to work your way back. What can you? What can you tell us about Big Maple, Dave McCabe, and? Yeah, no, he's getting closer and closer to full go. Um, you know, you'll probably see him in short spurts this weekend, um, but we're always gonna—we're always gonna have his his best interest. Um, you know, our, our you know our program's best interest combined with his best interest at the forefront. And, um, you know, for us to go where we want to go, uh, in April, May, and June, you know, we, we, we need him to be healthy we need him to be a hundred percent. So if that means that, you know, if that means we've got to, you know, hold him out a little bit longer, then we'll do that. And fortunately, you know, we've shown our, our players and our team has shown that, um, you know, with Gino playing first and other guys stepping in there that, you know, we can get it done while he, while he gets healthy. Um, but, you know, I don't know if we have a player that, um, you know, works any harder or takes any better care of himself than, than David. And we know that. And, you know, the cool thing about McCabe is, is when he's not in there, he's like another coach. I mean, he's, he's got it between the years. He sees the game at a really high level. Um, he's, he's communicating with other players. He's communicating with other coaches. So, um, you know, he's making the, he's making the best of, uh, of, you know, the circumstances and being a huge asset, uh, to our team, even while he's, he's, you know, 
on the mend and, and getting back to full go, but he'll get there. And, and Brianna Richards, our athletic trainer, she's unbelievable and does a great job. And Eric McKibben, our director of performance, they all, you know, we all work together to, to ensure that um, we can get him back as, as soon as he's ready. Now tell the truth. Nobody's listening. It's just me and you. It's, it's killing him inside, isn't it? Because he's in the dugout and his teammates are raking and you know, that dude wants to hit. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, uh, every player, every player wants to be in there. Um, you know, we know that. And, um, you know, but like I said, he's making the best of, of the circumstances. He's controlling what he can control and that's, that's all we can do. Um, so yeah, it's, it's certainly eating at him, but, uh, it's our job as coaches to, uh, to get him back in there when he's ready and, and full go. And, you know, we'll do so when the time's right. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Glad I'm, I'm taking that as a positive report. So yeah, we're moving, we're, we're moving forward. You know, we're, we're, the needle's moving, you know, closer. So yeah. Good stuff. It takes time. Kevin, why don't you, um, why don't you walk us through a quick tale of the tape with, uh, with Charlotte and San Antonio and we'll see, uh, see what that looks like. Yeah, just a quick bird's eye view. It looks like uh, on paper, a uh, fairly even matchup as far as Conference USA stats. Uh, we're second in batting average. They're fourth. Run scored. Uh, we're third. They're fifth. Runs allowed. We're sixth. And they're fifth. Uh, so fairly close on paper. Uh, if you're taking a bird's eye view, look at things. Um, the biggest difference really on well, – uh, Pulling his batting average against, uh, we're first in the in the conference with the 221 um, pulling his batting average, and they are sixth with the 260 batting average allowed. So they're fairly fairly even on paper as far as the, the stats go. I know we say this every week, but that's just the nature of conference play. It's just it's just going to be a long weekend. It's just going to be a dogfight <laughs> starting starting tomorrow night at six o'clock and and just all the way on through. Yeah, no, I mean, if, I mean, there, there are, there are no, there are no easy weekends, uh, ever, but, uh, certainly not in Conference USA. So we are, we're mentally and physically preparing for the, for the dog fights in front of us this weekend. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about Conference USA here a little bit and, and talk about what we're, uh, kind of frame the, the, the conversation as far as what we're looking at here. Um, the league is currently sixth in the RPI nationally, so that's fantastic, by the way. Uh, four teams in the top 30, including the Niners at 21. A lot of national attention. All four teams, uh, not not only us, but Old Dominion, Louisiana Tech, Southern Miss, showing up in a lot of projections. On and on, we talk about those. Um, particularly want to look at is uh, is the conference race. Um with 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 the Niners sitting there at eleven and one, Old Dominion at ten and two, Louisiana Tech at ten and two, and then Southern Miss at eight and three. Okay, so we've obviously we know we got to take care of business against San Antonio. That that goes without saying. The key matchups to watch this weekend, folks, if you're other than our games, of course, um, Old Dominion is getting a visit from Rice, which, you know. Just between me and you and the fence post, we expect Old Dominion to do really well there because they're playing really well. Um, on the other hand, Louisiana Tech and Southern Miss are playing each other, uh, and that series uh, is in Ruston. Earlier in the season, 
Louisiana Tech got three or four out of Southern Miss. So Southern Miss is going to be coming to rust and looking to, to, uh, to exact a little revenge and get back in the race. So um, not looking ahead, Coach Woody, but that Louisiana Tech Southern Miss series, we need those guys to beat up each other a good bit before Charlotte and Old Dominion do the same thing <laughs> to each other for eight straight games. Um, but that's, that's where we're sitting at. This is, I said it last week. I, I, I said, Hey, we're in a, we're in a conference race. Here we are 11 and one. Um, FAU did, did the job for us on Sunday and got that game from, from old dominion. Um, and here we are with a one game lead over, over old dominion, um, and Louisiana tech. So it's the race is getting interesting. You're going to get some coach speak here, Nick. I know it. You, go ahead. Go ahead, and then I'll interpret it. The coach, the coach speak, and the, and, and the truth is that, you know, we control our own destiny. Like, we are not going to – you cannot win Conference USA. You cannot make the conference tournament. You cannot make the NCAA tournament. You can't do anything that we all want to do in the future because other people give it to us. We got to go get it. We got to go get it this weekend against UTSA and we got to go get it each game moving after that. So that's just the way it works. I've, 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 I've learned that over the years. I really, honestly, I really have, I really have because, um, you know, there, maybe there was times, you know, when I was younger as a player or a younger coach that, you know, you'd win a game and then you'd go, you know, pull for an outcome and just no matter, no matter, you got to, you know, we've got to go do our thing. We've got to play our game and, you know, whatever shakes out around us, shakes out around us um, because we're going to have to play everybody, you know, except for three teams, but, you know, we're, we're going to have to play everybody. And, and, you know, it's like, it's a similar analogy would be like no players made it to the big leagues because everybody else is terrible. You can't make it to the, you know what I mean? Like, you can't you you can't get to the big leagues as a minor league player because everybody else around you slumps and doesn't perform. Like you have to get to the big leagues, you have to perform. You've gotta you've gotta show out. And it's the same way. It's the same way for us, you know, here. Like we've gotta go anything that we wanna achieve, we've gotta go get it. Coach, you're exactly right, and I could not agree with you more. But Louisiana Tech and Southern Miss, if y'all are listening, just know that Nick, Kevin, and Brad want y'all to split that series this weekend. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> and, and and that Coach Woody doesn't give a crap about what y'all do. But I honestly don't. But the three, but the three of us, we're we want y'all to split. So sorry. <laughs> all right. That's that's all I'll say, Coach. It's okay. I'm good. All right. About time to wrap this thing up. About time to go jump on UTSA. Kevin, what, what you got some you got some baseball games this weekend? Coach Coach Howard involved this weekend? Oh yeah, yeah. We got a full slate on Saturday, so ready to roll. All right, we're expect well, I can't say we're expecting two victories from you because you don't keep scoring a all right. Check Coach Howard, are you checking curfew on your guys? Uh, your spring break your spring breakers, you checking curfews Friday night? Uh, I'm checking on two of them at least. Uh, it sounds like you need to. Sounds like you need to. <laughs> Wait until we we develop. We get we get Coach Harward a Twitter account just for Coach Harward, Man. and he live tweets a game that he's coaching. 
That would be fire. <laughs> I mean, Diamond Nine Report will retweet that. I mean, there's no way that doesn't happen. It'd be fantastic. All right, Coach Woody, I always give you the last word so you can correct all the stuff I say. So <laughs> go ahead, last word is yours. <laughs> I, I, I have two last words. And, and, and the first one is I meant what I said earlier that, you know, everything we do as a program is a byproduct of everyone. It is a byproduct of everyone, everyone's support, everyone's passion, everyone's effort, energy, et cetera. And um, the more of all that we have from everyone, you know, the faster we climb, the faster we, we move, um, you know, and without it, you can't. So I'm just so thankful and appreciative of you guys and um, all the close supporters and family members that are listening here tonight. And, and for those that are listening tomorrow, once it's posted, um, you know, I just uh, can't, I can't stress that enough. Thank you everybody for all of your support and, and your passion for Charlotte baseball. Um, I can assure you that our players are, you know, are, are not done and are, have, are anxious to keep going and to keep climbing. And, you know, it's April 15th, so we have a long ways to go. So um, thank you for your support. And then the last, the last thing I'll close with is, um, you know, we've talked about Old Dominion a bit and, and this past week, uh, Coach Fenwood, who's, who's yeah. very, very respected coach and I've known him a long time, um, you know, his wife Annette passed away from cancer this past week. And, um, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, my thoughts and prayers and all, and all of our coaches and programs thoughts and prayers are, are with coach Fenwood and, and, um, and his family at this time. Um, I know that our, um, our game on Sunday at old dominion is, is going to get pushed back to, I think three o'clock so that, um, you know, um, he can attend the service. And, um, you know, it's just, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's real life stuff. It, it's, it's, it's heavy. Um, we all get so wrapped up in, in wins and losses and standings and stats and accolades and, and this and that. And, and, you know, it, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a not needed reminder that, um, you know, these, all of us coaches have families, uh, players have families, um, you know, the, the, as, as tough as some of the battles can be, you know, and I'll just, you know, as that, that Sunday game at Western Kentucky, as tough of a loss as that was, you know, it just, we, we need to all maintain perspective. And um, so all of our thoughts and, and prayers are with Coach Fenwood and, um, you know, we just, uh, we need to be appreciative of each and every day we have and be thankful. So that's all. Well said, Coach. Can't put it any better than that. Fantastic. All right, folks. That's it for us. You've heard Coach Woody. You've even heard us. It's time to jump on UTSA. Time to get fired up. We got some very important baseball games starting tomorrow night, 6 p.m. at the Hayes. So if you have a chance to get out there, I know some tickets were out floating around out there available. Uh, season ticket holders and Grand Sub Club members were able to get a hold of some tickets. So if you're one of those people, show up. Be ready to do your thing. This is an important weekend of baseball. Going to be great weather at the park. Going to be fantastic. Feel free to reach out to us, social media. If you see us at the Hayes, say hello. 
we love doing that stuff. We love talking to y'all. We love talking Charlotte baseball. It's a great family. We appreciate you letting us be a part of it. So until next time, we'll see you at the Hayes. Good night.